What's happening, friends list? Episode 12 of the Game Pass Gamecast is coming to you. Our Gears 5 review episode, where we break down every aspect of the game in deep dive format for you. Does Microsoft's newest installment in the legendary cover shooter series take the cake as the best in the long line of Gears games yet? Plus, we follow up last week's topic on GameStop with news of their store revamp leaking online and how that can impact your experiences with the retailer. All that and more to come, so rev up that Lancer, baby, and let's get started. <laughs> now the fun begins. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast. I'm your host, as always, Travis White, aka Travelus, on most internet platforms. And today I am joined by one of our regular co hosts, but he's riding solo today with me. So a little duo action going on. Mike Peapack, back from Atlantic City. Mike, it's been kind of a build up leading into this show, the anticipation of. Hearing about how AC was since we've been talking about since really the podcast started. Uh, how did everything go? What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, uh, it went uh, okay. Uh, obviously, it didn't do as well as we wanted to do, but we got we ran into two buzz saws. So uh, we had a bracket set up where we were the seventh open team, like the seventh seeded open team there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wound up one team didn't show up, so it switched all the brackets around. We got the sixth seed, and we actually got a much harder bracket. So uh, we had a tough go of it. Both teams that we lost to wound up playing in the championship bracket. They wound up playing uh, or placing professionally. So oh, wow. uh, nothing to hang our hats on. But uh, yeah, it was just a disappointing finish. Um, we didn't uh, we didn't get swept by any teams there, though. So that was good. Uh, we gave both teams that we lost to a fight. Uh, personally played really well. Uh, just as a team, we had some uh, pain points there that weren't uh, worked out yet and uh, came up a little short of our goal. But all in all, it was a fun experience, and uh, we had a blast in Atlantic City, so that was that was fun. Uh, obviously, Halo didn't go the way we wanted to, but uh, all in all, we had a good group of guys, and it was a great time. Nice, nice, nice. Well, it sounded like it was a good trip overall, not just, you know, like you were saying, you guys maybe didn't get the results you were hoping to see, but it seems like it was a good trip overall and a good experience. But, you know, what's, I guess now, like, are you going to keep playing, trying to make a push, you know, to do with some competitive halo or are you just kind of chilling for now or what's up i think uh i'm going to focus on more content creation reason Mm -hmm. being is the next halo event is in it's supposed well it hasn't been announced yet so we we don't know but we're thinking it's supposed to be halo 3 at dreamhack atlanta Mm -hmm. which i would love to attend another dreamhack event dreamhack at uh, dallas was uh, mind-blowing it was such a great experience just to be at a conference like that where just everybody's into gaming like it was just an incredible experience and i yeah. would love to go back but with my job i think i might be in blackout days there so i'd have to check with my manager to see if it would even be possible for me to get those days off mm-hmm. and without it actually officially being announced uh, and flights fluctuating every day mm-hmm. um 
I'm a little concerned with the cost of attending. So as of right now, the game plan is to just uh, kind of get back into streaming and get back into content creation and focus a lot less on on competing. And not that I don't have a drive or a love for it, but it's just a, it, at some point, uh, it's just kind of time to call it a day. Like nothing can ever really go right for me when I go to these events. So mm-hmm. uh, we're I, as of right now, I don't have any desires of continuing to compete, but uh i mean we'll see what happens that could change uh just very well depends on what happens here yeah well and that's the thing like what people the what the mainstream audience really doesn't understand is that like they just think take for example uh the kid who won three mil playing Fortnite. like oh right they just think it's like pick up and play like anybody can do it no it's like esports if you're trying to make a professional push or you're trying to actually commit to the esports scene it's a fucking full-time job man like absolutely you got it it's like any it's like any real job or you know any other professional sport or whatever like you got to have the time commitment for it you have to practice you guys got scrims you guys got you know different things going on that you're working on game plans in discord you're doing all these other things that people just don't yeah i mean like not only are you putting in six or seven hours of practice a day if if you want to be at the top, but you're also putting in two hours or so of like film study. And that's like kind of on the light end if you're really looking to approve. And it's something that with me, with my fall semester, it's just I think it's time for me to be more focused on other things in my life, whether it be like focusing on school more is, is a very uh, big priority for me. And like I said, I really want to get back into streaming a lot more. And not, I mean, I don't want to be the next big thing on Twitch. There's, mm-hmm. I'm not that naive. But when I do play, I want to be creating content for people to enjoy. So uh, we'll get back into that that uh, realm of, of life a little bit. And we'll see what happens. I mean, there's people that were watching me play at AC, and I got a nice overkill X-Term. And I was doing some other things, and some people were watching. And mm-hmm. definitely have some team requests uh as far as like people who would want to play with me if i was willing to go mm-hmm. so it's it's not something that i'm completely against but it's definitely something that like it would have to be the right situation for me to get engaged in that type of uh endeavor again i suppose i i could put it that way no definitely definitely man i i totally get that and really what your content you offer to bring which i always appreciated was you have the high level of play but you're social you're entertaining at the same time which I think a lot of people really miss over. It's either one or the other. They're either super Absolutely. competitive and they're great at the game, but they have no fucking social interactions with people. Or, you know, like I think I find when I stream and I do it, you know, consistently and find some success, it's me being entertainment. They're entertaining. It's just me being a jackass. Like, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of has their thing and, and you're not the first person to tell me and I, and I am like grateful and thankful that mm-hmm. y- you feel this way about me but I've been told by other people that watch me that they're like m- my entertainment value comes from like you said stemming from being skilled at the games mm-hmm. like highly skilled at the games but also having a personality to go along with it because there are a, a lot of pros that are just boring to watch but right. I try to kind of you know mix in both there I try to be as as active as i can and i feel like i have more to offer in that realm if you will Mm -hmm. so even if when i start streaming again if i'm playing halo which i would like to be playing some halo it would be more like i would do some hardcore but i'll play some other game types that allow me to be a little more like social with the chat than like when i'm sitting there playing hardcore for four or five hours in a stream after about hour two your brain's kind of like 
bleh, and you yeah. gotta like have to focus everything you have on playing because it's at such a high level mm-hmm. that like my my chat value will go down you know what i mean oh, so i'm just sure. trying to find a balance of that and see and see what happens but I, i'm really excited in october i have some cool things going i I owe some people that are really close to me some streams that they've been requesting for a long time <laughs> that I say what I would do. I got Five Nights at Freddy's stream. Uh, my cousin John, uh, he really loves to watch me play Dead by Daylight. Yep. And that game just gets me in, in a certain type of mood that oh, yeah. I'm not too proud of. But I got to do a better <laughs> job at removing my emotion from the game and just playing it for it like enjoyment you know what yeah, i mean and that's something it, i have a hard it time for what it is you know yeah that's something i have a hard time doing with video games in general every game i play i want to be the best at so i think that's my biggest thing going forward being 26 years old at this point mm-hmm. while i like i still love halo and if someone if i got a really good team offer for atlanta i would just jump at it and want to play mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i need to focus on enjoyment in video games because i feel like over the last few years i've just not received enjoyment out of games because i think i've just been in the wrong mindset and i need to try to readjust my mindset and get focused more on the just straight up enjoying the game and i think with this gears podcast that we're about to go on to Mm -hmm. you'll see the way i analyze the multiplayer for gears which i'm going to bring it to our listeners in a way that they might not look at the game like i i have a really hard time looking at games that in an unanalytical way if you will or a way that's just like you know what whatever meets the eye i always take a deep dive into things so i think that's something i I really want to focus on no definitely definitely yeah we'll we'll have more on that to come i and normally i'd ask you know hey what have you been playing but i'm sure from what it sounds like and what we've talked about you know off uh off recording that yeah you 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 put a decent chunk into gears multi multiplayer so really on your end i'm guessing that's what you've been playing <laughs> yeah i uh i just think i wanted to provide the listeners a deeper dive into the multiplayer than just face value right oh, so sure. i wanted to really get i you know as of this recording i'm like a level 37 or something on there which isn't a ton of time but i've put more than just play it a few times and get like a, a knee-jerk reaction i yeah. my first knee-jerk reaction wasn't very good i'm not gonna lie but after putting some more time into it, um, you know, I, I have a bit of a different opinion on it. So yeah. I felt like the the listeners deserved a fair shakedown. Like if we're going to review this game, I felt like they deserved knowledgeable, right. uh, a knowledgeable review, not just like a I didn't like the game right off the bat, so piss on it type deal. You yeah, know what I mean, you don't want you don't want the ice thin you know coverage of it. So no, and I, yeah. I totally agree with you, and that's why you know when we get to it in a little bit and actually kind of dig into our review. Um, you know, we'll kind of go into it and you'll be able to give your take on, basically we split the game into two. I cover campaign, Mike covers multiplayer. Um, and I think we really do have a lot of, we both sunk a decent chunk of time into this game. So I think we'll be able to give you a really good, you know, rundown of what it's looking like. But on my end, really gears has been kind of controlling me in terms of, I had some personal stuff going on at the beginning of the week or whenever gears first dropped between work and some other family things going on um i didn't get a chance to play till i want to say that sunday um that with lining with the ultimate edition dropping but you know i was able to play through it got done wrapped the stories uh awesome you know we'll talk about that but outside of that i started uh finally playing through a link to the past right at the end of that because i'm itching to get into some zelda zelda is one of my favorite game franchises of all time if not my favorite 
but with Link's Awakening coming out later this week, I wanted to play a Zelda. This, I've never, that's the one Zelda game I've never beat, uh, A Link to the Past, so I sure. wanted to go back and play that um, right at the end now, so I'll probably wrap on that tonight at some point uh, if I get a chance to, but outside of that, obviously, it's just been mostly Gears. Yo, what's good? Future Travis here. Naturally, our friends at Xbox Game Pass had to drop some information on new games coming to the service the day after we record, because that's all it always goes with us. We're a flaming garbage truck for 90% of this show. Come on now, you should know by now. So, I'm here to give you some details on upcoming games coming to Xbox Game Pass, console only, over the next week. So, out now, the two biggest titles on the list, Jump Force, the manga and anime-based fighting title, and Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, the newest Metroidvania from Artplay, and the original Castlevania producer, Koji Igarashi. I got that. That was one try I tried that. So, <laughs> following that up, on September 26th, we have indie title Bad North, Lego's Minecraft-inspired Lego World, and Dirt Rally 2.0. So, there you have it. New games coming to Xbox Game Pass. So, when your little shit brother tells you, Xbox, you don't have to worry about him deleting your Gears 5 save. So, now that we got that, let's get back to the show. Before we get into that, um, as always, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, it's our Game Pass giveaway, man. Do you like Xbox Game Pass? Chances are pretty high that you do if you're listening to the show because God knows it's not for my voice. I may change that up at some point because I'm sure that's probably getting annoying, so now I can make a play on that. But anyways, but I'll give you a good reason to put up with it because we're giving away three free months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to one lucky listener. That's Ultimate, baby. That's console and PC. Plus, you, yeah, get, baby. you get games early, Ultimate Editions, like Gears 5. So, want to yeah, know I how played to it win? early. You're damn right you, you did. You played it early. Fuck yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> want to know how to win? Trick question I'm already going to tell you anyway. So, head on over to our Twitter account, at Podcast and just do the following. Retweet the pin tweet on our profile about the contest, and follow our Twitter account. Boom. That's it. Easy enough, right? A link to the tweet will also be found in the description of this episode on every platform you get it on. So clicking that will take you right to it. So head on over to at GPGC podcast and enter today. I really hope we give that away here soon. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been be sitting sweet. on it, man. I've been I've been wanting to get it up because I want to give more people a chance to, you know, to be able to win it. So hopefully we get right. that away soon. Um, before we jump into our review, though, I did want to kind of almost a follow up to last week's episode uh, where we ended up covering, touching on the future of like GameStop and gaming specific and specialized stores. Um, so this comes via IGN's Matt Kim. Uh, GameStop store redesign leaked. So I'll kind of dive into it. I have uh, I'll provide the link like always into the description of the show. Go over there, give Matt a link or a click, give him a view. Uh, that definitely goes a long way for those guys. So um, I'll kind of dig into it and then we'll kind of compare it to what we were talking about earlier. So IGN can confirm the accuracy of a recent Facebook video, which appears to show what one of the redesigned GameStop stores could look like under the company's GameStop reboot plan. A GameStop store in prior Oklahoma posted a video tour of what looks like a new layout for the store. A source familiar with GameStop's operation who requested an amenity has confirmed that the store matches the blueprint layout of the redesign shown at GameStop's annual conference. IGN sources say that there's say there's a test store in Oklahoma, the same state which the video is from. A second source familiar with GameStop's future reboot plan said that not all stores will look like the one in this video, 
with some stores redesigned to focus more on esports, retro gaming as shown in that video, or a more traditional design similar to existing stores. Other features like wall-mounted tablets are more universal features that corporate will implement across all stores. The new store appears to ditch the glossy black white aesthetic of current GameStop locations. Uh, instead, the new store sports a more muted gray color aesthetic with fox wood or faux wood paneling. The store is also sleeker and more streamlined with cleaner rows of games as well as a small table for video game apparel and figures. There's also a wall-mounted tablet in the store that customers can order from, as well as a sofa and HDTV located in the middle of the store. Furthermore, in the back of the store is a new space filled with CRT TVs and tables, uh, uh, apparently used for tabletop games. This would align with GameStop's previously stated goals of turning stores into event spaces where they could host live tournaments and events. So, after all that said, like I said, I'll put the link to the article in the description of wherever you get the show. Uh, go over there, give Matt a click, give him a, a view on that, because um, I did kind of take a lot of that from there. But I think it's all important to kind of digest here since we can't uh, really show you the video. But um, definitely check the video out. It really falls in line with what we were kind of talking about last week with the rumor mill that was going on uh, that we were kind of looking at the, hey, they're going to be doing more ordering from tablets. They're going to have it more of being a lounge area. So now that we kind of have confirmation of what we reported on last week from the rumor mill and after seeing literal video of what many stores could adopt in the near future, do you think this helps GameStop trend in the right direction, Mike? Like this vision? Yeah, uh, we talked about it briefly last week uh, on the episode, and I think, like, basically have the same exact uh, feelings that I had last week. I said that I didn't think GameStop would survive, mm -hmm. uh, or was it two weeks ago? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It we doesn't, recorded doesn't really that, matter. yeah, that week we recorded, we kind of flip-flopped. We recorded that episode first, there, then Blair Witch, but we put Blair Witch out first. So, so it was, it's okay. last week. We're all good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So last week we talked about this briefly and this information, you know, you leaked it after you, we got, you got our opinions. Mm -hmm. Basically my, my sentiment is the same as last week. If they are able to rebrand and, and kind of make a new name for themselves, you know, like they're trying to do with changing the way that everything works at GameStop. And they're going to make it more event oriented with small tournaments, mm -hmm. tabletop support. They're going to have CRTs in the back for older retro game and tournaments. Mm -hmm. I think that this is the right way for GameStop to try to survive because like if they didn't change or adapt, they were going to die. Right. And I think that they saw that and they're going the right direction because I remember when we were younger, I would ask them about esports, like back whenever MOG Halo was a thing and they wouldn't sponsor anybody or do this or do that because they just weren't interested in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So now it seems like they finally kind of changed their uh, tune on the situation that is esports, yeah. and it sounds like they're adapting to what you know the the market's calling for. And this is a good thing for GameStop because without the adaptation of switching to this new realm or this new space, I do honestly think that it would be uh, you know it would be devastating to GameStop, and we would ultimately see them close their doors. But yeah. this change is going to be a good thing because if in Greensburg, if they like, we kind of talked about how many stores there are in such a small little area there, and it's insane, yeah. right? Where if they closed a couple of those stores and just made a bigger store in one location mm -hmm. and focused on these type of events, I feel like it would be the best thing for them as a company. Mm -hmm. And I, if they have esport tournaments that relate to me, I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy them 
because I used to drive oh, yeah. the whole way to Pittsburgh for COD tournaments, and it was no big deal. Mm -hmm. So if there's ones even closer, even if it's like Madden or something I don't really play, I'll go buy a T-shirt or whatever and support it because I think esports is 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 a huge deal in today's society. And I think we see that with all the money and everything. We've talked about it extensively on this podcast, so I'll save it. But I just think that this is the right direction for GameStop. You know what I mean? No. How do you feel about it? You know, do you think that this is going to ultimately aid in their survival? Do you think that they're going to last a long time with this? Or what do you think? See, my gut tells me, let's put it this way. There will always be, there will always be a place for specialty stores like GameStop. Like, there's always going to be, there's no matter, not to the extent maybe we see it right now with, you know, digital being on the rise, but there's always going to be, just like there is, you know, uh, there's still FYEs. There's still music stores. I mean, there's a, there's a guitar center. Granted, there's one in our area, and it's in Monroeville, but it's fucking huge. Like, right. because there'll always still be a need to have that there to meet that, because there is... There is a want for it. There is, like, people are asking for that. But more importantly, especially with esports on the rise and especially with the mass pop culture impact that gaming's now having comparative to, I mean, 10 years ago, it was big, but it was now, now you look at it, gaming's just so mainstream. It's so accessible to people that it, I, I look at this as a great move. This is bringing people together. This is what is at the heart of gaming. I mean, realistically, yeah, I'm I'm a huge single player guy, but I love nothing more than couch co-op with people. Fuck, let's right. get, let, let's play Mario Party. Let's get let's get ten people there, order a pizza, and let's just chill out for the night. If nobody has the space to you know do it at their apartment or whatever. Let's rent the GameStop out or whatever, or rent that one area out. Let's all get there and you know we'll buy drinks and stuff like that and chill out for the night. Like, and that's the yeah, kind like of environment what, what if... they would need, like. You, be, you being an event planner per se with being in ath college athletics, like sure, you don't like plan the entire event, but you're kind of involved in the oh, situation. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm at the forefront of the logistics with all that shit. Right, like do you think, do you see this as a situation, like you touched on drinks, do you see this as a situation where people will be able to have their LAN parties there? Because I mean, there's, oh, still, a, there's still a market for that. And like an overnighter where pizza and pops provided, it's just part of like the... Uh, part of the cost of the rental or whatever you know what i mean yeah and, and it's funny you say that i was going to bring up the point that you know how you're saying like overnighters and things like that i think this could we could see a resurgence of the midnight release again in terms of like they still have them i went for red dead last year because i didn't want to wait i wanted to get it get it installed so when i was home from work the next day it was ready to go. Plus, I just like having, like, with big games, I still like going and getting physical media for them. But... Sure. But the... This... This way of bringing the midnight release really enforces the... Hey, especially for stuff like... I'm not a big Destiny guy, but Destiny Shadow Keeps coming up. Like, they can have a huge, huge event at stores like this surrounding Shadow Keep. Like, that's such a big, like... Almost, like, to the extent that you saw... um with like world of warcraft back in the day whenever they would drop their expansions it was a huge fucking deal where they would bring people in and they would try to do things surrounding world of warcraft like to make events and give prizes away but now they could actually incorporate the game to it with these stations like i'm i'm guaranteeing some of these game stops are going to have a handful of desktop pcs there 
that are able yeah. to, you know, run whatever PC games they want to play. So, right. things and like And maybe that. they'll get in with, like, Fortnite, where if you're playing right. in, in qualifiers, you can play there or something weird, you know almost, what I mean? Almost like the uh, Halo with Microsoft stores. So, like, yep. like it, I see this as nothing but a positive, because really, at this point, what the fuck else do they have to lose? Like, Yeah, in all I mean, honesty, they're going to close regardless, right? If, if they, they don't... If they stay the like with the same trage- trajectory that they're on right now, they are, they're going to close, which sucks because like, I don't like GameStop's sales tactics with their whole circle of life thing and how they basically hold a gun to like any non-managerial staff. Well, I shouldn't say that. any, anybody who's like district and above holds guns to people's heads. Like when they're working to get these signups and for the power up cards and whatnot. And that's just fucked up. Like, and it, it, there's a lot of you could do your own research just youtube just type in really gamestop stories there's a ton of them uh camelot's one youtuber that really kind of broke the the dam on this in terms of all the shitty shady stuff that's been going on with gamestop uh but now it seems like with kind of some new leadership involved with them i stuff like this gives me hope because i want to see i don't want to see anybody go out of business really right especially because at the end of the day the only people who that hurts are the people who have jobs there i mean i wouldn't i remember in high school like i was like fuck i'd love to have a job at gamestop but from what i hear i would never want you know like a part-time job in school or whatever like that yeah i would never because i'm i'm like you like us we're passionate about gaming so like that was to me i was like fuck i can go and sell games i would want to be there and do that but like from what I hear, how they treat these kids, like, it's fucked up. That it's like, I would never, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. So, I'm glad to see the way that it's going with GameStop. I'm really, I think this is a good move. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, like, what the fuck else do they have to lose? Like, it's, I'd rather see them take stabs at changing and attempting to rebrand themselves to a more, almost like, almost like we've seen PlayStation at the beginning of this gen and Xbox now at this point in the gen being, hey, we're here for gamers. We're doing gamer things in mind. Fuck it. You don't have to buy anything. Just come chill with us, man. Like, come play some games. Like, and while you're here, yeah, check out some of the stuff we have. We'd love to sell you some stuff and, like, get your gaming needs here. But, like, being there for the gamers and building that trust and that relationship with their customers that I think they really did burn for the past half decade, at least. In, right. in my opinion. So, but fingers crossed hopefully that's all good with them it, i think it's like i said i think it trends in the right direction and hopefully that's kind of a resurgence for them but we're not here to talk about gamestop ladies and gentlemen we're here to talk about our game of the week it is our gears 5 review i was so excited for this fucking game man and you know we'll go into it especially on both sides both being can't play in multiplayer and a lot of outlets you know both our size and bigger really have kind of done the same thing with splitting up this game They're they've offered a campaign review they've offered a multiplayer review because i think that just games like this almost like halo where it's it's just there's each component to the game really could just be a game in itself like it's really right. like you're almost getting two games like gears multiplayer and gears campaign really could stand alone on each other that it's like it's hard to justify them all smush into one so i i'm really excited to kind of both of us, I, I know I have detailed notes on, you know, what I want to talk about with the campaign. So, you know, let's just get into it and uh, I'll run through, you know, me, I give my facts just to kind of set the table on what we want to talk about. Released worldwide, September 10th, 2019. That's excluding the Ultimate Edition, which you could have got on the 
fifth, I believe, sixth. Yes, the fifth. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the fifth. Um, that includes different skins and stuff like that. But the big thing is playing it early. Um, but Gears Five. If you're new to the franchise, it is the fifth installment, obviously, in the legendary third-person cover shooter of Microsoft's franchise, Gears of War. So, it picks up right after the conclusion of Gears 4 and begins to kind of unravel the mystery surrounding Kate's family and the locust crest her mother Warren gave to her. Um, But, just to kind of set expectations on where this game was at or is now moving forward, this is really, no matter what we say... This is such a big step into the vision that Microsoft's kind of laid out over the past year and a half, two years almost now, where they're saying, you know what, we dropped the ball at the beginning of this generation. We we did things that were more, we just want to be a box in your living room. We weren't a game console. Now right. they're doing all these things that we're saying, they're laying out, hey, we're committing to first-party exclusives. We see how PlayStation's done that. We see how Nintendo's done that, where that's their bread and butter. That's what gamers want. They want games. Microsoft, granted, right now still has the most powerful console on the market, which I fucking love, but they don't have the first-party exclusives like PlayStation and Nintendo has in terms of the quality that they're putting out. But this kind of changes that, to me, at least. Um, And the stats back it up, man. Let me give you this one because it just came out actually, I believe, late yesterday. Since its release, and this is including the Ultimate Edition that you could get via Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for $2. Like, it's very much, there's a reason why they're putting this out there. But since its release, Gears 5 has attracted over 3 million players in its opening weekend alone. Which is twice the number of players as Gears 4 on consoles. So, it's huge. It's the biggest launch of any Xbox Game Studios game this gen. And it's the most played Xbox Game Studio title in its first week since Halo 4 in 2012. Which is fucking nuts. I mean, that shows you, really, that shows you how poor Microsoft did for the past, you know, better part of a decade, really, at this point. But, um, it's, I'm so happy to see, as somebody who, at one point, drifted away from Microsoft and was kind of back in because i felt kind of that like uh they kind of just kind of spit in our face a little bit but who has gotten trust regained with microsoft i'm so happy to see this that you know people are giving this franchise a try and three million players over its first weekend is bananas that's right i don't care who you are i don't care what game you have a game that realistically because even i mean it's scalable it's it runs on unreal 4 i believe so it's yes. it's pretty mm-hmm. scalable that while it is on pc though a lot of people i'm sure are going out and buying this they want this on their xbox they're not going to play it on pc granted a lot of people do but at the same time for the average gamer that they're trying to you know boast against it's first and foremost as an xbox a console exclusive really so and it's marketed that way but three million players I don't care what kind of, I don't care, granted, it's, you know, a Game Pass game, you can get in for $2 right now, and this and that, great, that's what they want, you know, 3 million players, though, for any exclusive on a specific only console, that's bananas, I mean, that's, it's, like, it's legit, that's, yeah. a, that's a big number, and it, it for, speaks for volumes for, especially yeah, I mean, for Microsoft, it speaks volumes for a, a game series that we all kind of thought was dead, right, like, mm-hmm. We all knew Gears existed, but, like, after Gears 3, Gears, the Judgment game comes out, meh. Then Gears 4 comes out, meh. And, like, 
you know, we thought this game was dead. And then all of a sudden uh, with Gears 5, we see all these players. And don't discount the fact that it being playable on PC made a huge difference for them. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that people can play cross-platform. Like, I was just playing with someone last night who was on PC. Um, And, like, you know, that's fantastic for PC users. And they love to play on their PC. So why not let them? So I I think that that's a big deal that people, you know, it bodes well. That if Gears has this many numbers of players, just wait till MCC and Halo uh, Infinite release on PC with that crossplay. Uh, we should see a little more life breathed into both of these series because let's face it, a lot of the Xbox users after four and MCC was a just a dumpster fire. A lot of those players that were Microsoft moved on to PC. It's just a yeah. fact. Yeah. And there well, might be actually, a lot of before place- you before you go into that, let me just kind of raise this up. I had this as one of our topical disqu- or topical discussion questions. Sure, sorry. Later yeah. on, no, no, no. It, you're just trending in the way that I was going to ask you, anyways. What do you think? Just looking at that metric alone, and now Gears Five really kind of bolstering Xbox into the zeitgeist again. I think, granted, it's been there, but more so in the mainstream due to the critical success and now the commercial success of it. What do you think the success of Gears 5 indicates for the future of titles like Halo Infinite and other Xbox Game Studios in terms of, like, metrics and players, even if it is via Game Pass alone? Like, what do you think this kind of sets up for the future? I think I think Xbox diagnosed the situation, which we've chronicled on this podcast many a times, that they were on the back foot. Um, they got kind of popped in the mouth by Sony this, this generation. And I think that they began to game plan what their response was going to be and how they were going to respond. And I feel like, you know, the game pass, uh, addition, uh, the service that game pass offers was one of the ways that Xbox and Microsoft kind of thought, Hey, you know, we wound up, we got blown out at the beginning. Let's start chipping away at that lead that way coming into the next gen, we can be right there with Sony. And, and, you know, if we can at least get close and bridge that gap right now, then come, you know, whenever the new system releases, we'll be right there with them. Right. Right. I think that's kind of what their game plan was and they're executing it flawlessly right now. Yeah. hundred percent. As far as your question, answering the immediate question, which is how do you think game passes has affected this? I mean, obviously you'd be remiss to say that it had, it didn't have, all the diff it didn't make all the difference with gears five because let's just face it i have game pass and if i didn't have game pass i probably wouldn't have bought gears five straight up right off the bat because i didn't really trust the product 100 percent. now having get like you get to play it with game pass and you get all these other great games i feel like it just bodes well for xbox as a whole um and if they have to fork out more money to the devs because they're putting their games on the game pass mm-hmm. because but, like, you know, they're going to lose revenue. Like, the um, game dev companies are going to lose revenue, obviously, because they're not getting as many $60 buyers. But if Microsoft's willing to pump the money into it and make it work, um, you know, it's it's great. I think that it's going to do wonders. It already has for Gears of War. I think putting MCC on, on PC and making it cross-play, putting Infinite on PC and making it cross-play is going to do wonders for the player base that is going to play Halo. Mm-hmm. And I think that... You know, this is a way that they can kind of get Sony players to play their game still. Like like you, you know, you kind of strayed away from Xbox because at the beginning of the generation, it was pretty bad. Yeah. But if you had the option to keep your PS4 and then like itch that addiction that is Halo every once in a while on your PC, 
you're going to do it, right? Yeah. So I think this is a great way for Microsoft to chip away at Sony in a in an unorthodox way, not sheer sell consoles numbers way. This is a great way for them to do it just via PC and through a service. Because think about it. So they might miss out on money in games purchased through Xbox, right? Like mm-hmm. they might miss out on just sheer copies bought, mm-hmm. but all these PC players that are going to subscribe to Game Pass is going to is where they're going to make up their difference, yeah. and that's what their market game plan is uh, from a marketing standpoint. And you know they're executing it flawlessly, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for Microsoft as a whole. No, definitely, and kind of piggybacking off that too. I mean, that falls in line with don't forget XCloud, their cloud streaming service that's going to yeah. come out where you can pull out your fucking phone, open the XCloud app attach your sync your controller via bluetooth and you're good to go and you're yep. running you're playing on an xbox one x via you know a whole cloud server but at the same time like it, it, i fully trust microsoft on that end because they have the hands down the best track record for infrastructure for this they have the most money they have the most everything like they're they're not gonna just piss around with it there, and yeah, that's why I, it I agree. That's why it isn't out with Stadia right now, or at least leaning into being out with Stadia right now, because it, they're if it you know they're going to make sure it's right when they put it out. Plus, they have all the money in the world to make sure it's right when they put it out. But that falls in line with what you're saying too. That Microsoft, while they haven't, while they haven't been very, they haven't physically come out and said it directly. Realistically, with their with their game plan approach right now they view Xbox as a platform, not a system. They want you, they don't care how you play their games. They just want you playing their games. That's why pretty yeah, soon. Yeah. I mean, games... they're kind of like, it almost has a steam esque yes. feel to it. Right. It's, it's very PC gaming because really realistic, mm-hmm. realistically at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're on, you know, if you got an AMD processor or an Intel processor running your computer, it's a PC and it's going to run those games. Hell, exactly. even, even a Mac, 90% of the games that you could play on Steam, you can play on your Mac or with the, uh, like the Steam Cloud thing that they have. I can't remember. What yeah. It is. But, but, um, obviously it's not optimized on Mac. Most of these no, games are no, better no, no, run no. on PC, absolutely. but, but you can being, still do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can still do it. So, you know, they're more worried about, we just want to get people in playing our games. That's why you're going to see, game pass on the nintendo switch here soon i mean it's gonna happen it's yeah just, you know everything it, they're more worried about getting it out there they're more worried about just you playing xbox and while they're still gonna offer yeah we're gonna have the you know 20 flare teraflop system you know that scarlet is in the big beefy you know oh it can you know it runs 4k 60 everything with ease and it will even do it's 8k ready whenever the time comes for that like where that's, you know, standard or whatever, they're still going to have that, but they're giving you as many options as possible. And like I said, they're just more worried about you playing their games right now. That's, they just want you into the ecosystem. And that's why I, I, I just think with these metrics that they're putting out with gears, to me, it's just, it's easily, easily, I see this as a recipe for success leading into the next generation. I've said that before, but to me, they're being more forward thinking than I think, Nintendo's been actually surprisingly Nintendo's been pretty forward thinking for what they've been doing but I think overall man like comparative to PlayStation right now I mean I think they're being much more forward thinking with it but oh for sure I mean it's a situation where I think PlayStation's really focused on I don't think PlayStation's sleeping either I mean they no, have stuff in the, no, they got not. stuff in the oven but Xbox right now they is just being have very upfront about it 
Yeah, they have the the big leg up in terms of exclusive, which has been chronicled on this mm-hmm. podcast multiple times. The other thing they have is they have the whole COD esports lockdown, yeah. and I think that they're doing a lot with that right now. That there's a lot of things going on at PlayStation that has them where they're at, mm-hmm. and it, it was Xbox's job to catch up. Now Xbox yeah. is doing everything they have to catch up. What is PlayStation going to do next to answer to Xbox's efforts? Are that is PlayStation going to be able to slow the momentum that Xbox has? This these are things that we'll learn here in the next few years, and hopefully we'll podcast within the next few years what's going on with everything. And you know that remains to be seen, and I'm excited for it because for once in 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 my life. Uh, besides like with the Xbox 360, because people can say they like the PS3 better, but the Xbox 360 was the better console. 100%. I think that, you know, for the first time in my life seeing, like, I thought Xbox, or the original Xbox was better. Mm-hmm. I thought Xbox 360 was better. Come Xbox One, all of a sudden Xbox isn't king. And I'm excited to see what Microsoft does because, you know, is it a situation where Xbox was resting on their laurels? Absolutely. And they saw all their cash cows kind of go by the wayside mm-hmm. and PlayStation caught up to them. Now, what's going to happen with this next generation? We'll, we'll see what happens, but it's exciting time for gamers because for us, we're, we're the beneficiaries of all this You're innovation gamer, and hard work. And it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So with that being said, before we, you know, get too off track, uh, let's get into our personal reviews with this. Sure. Um, let me, you know, I'll kick it off. I'll do, I'll get campaign out of the way just because, okay. just because there's, there's obviously much more I could spoil with campaign and I'm obviously not going to, this is non-spoiler cause I want everyone to go on and experience this game. Yeah. And it's then, still relatively new, yeah, right? It's very, it's only been really, it's only been out a week from today, technically. So, yeah. you know, I definitely will we'll do it. I, I would like to have maybe a spoiler cast for it eventually. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, just since you haven't finished campaign yet, but I, uh, you know, well, I need, I just need to go over to Marsh's with my Xbox and play through it with him one day. Is basically what needs to happen, yeah. and it will. We just gotta get a day that works for everybody. And right now, I think Adam's just a little busy with some different things. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll we'll get it figured out and we'll get it taken care of. Yeah. So all right. So I'll dive into campaign here. Um, you know, so I kind of split up my review into three categories with it pertaining to campaign, um, performance, gameplay, and the narrative itself. So let's kind of start with performance. Um, I, the majority of this, well, actually, no, I kind of split time. I was going to say the majority I played on Xbox one X, but mm-hmm. between my X's at my house and I play that on my 4k TV, absolutely beautiful. But, sure. um, my S is at my fiance's house. Uh, so I actually ended up playing cause I played some co-op with her as well. I got her in on it. And, um, so I played about, I would say I split it right down the middle, but, okay. um, performance wise let's let's go with xbox one x starting out campaign for this game to for the graphical fidelity that this game pushes out for how stunning it is for them to get render out at 4k 60 frames per second almost 99 percent of the time consistent is absolutely yeah. jaw-dropping that okay. is viewing that seeing from that, your xbox one x you're saying right from my xbox one x on my 4k tv and hdr rendering yep. 4k 60 frames per second 99 percent consistent like locked frame rate almost okay is to me is this is this is the future that's what i'm looking at this is the first this is absolutely gorgeous it's it spoils you because i've then gone to play it on my ass and while it is absolutely very playable at you know in campaign at 1080p 30 totally playable still beautiful it spoils you because you're like 
the colors pop. There's so much the like they say with HDR, the blacks are black. It is there's so much the colors so deep, but more importantly, it's that smooth frame rate with it. And and that goes into also to you want to factor in load times with that. Going from with this game being having more I don't want to say open world elements, but it does it does flesh itself out in a couple of areas comparative to and which I think was a real positive to the gameplay section, which we'll get to. But the load times going through there, I figured coming from playing like, um, you know, games like Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 4 Pro and PS4 Pro is no walk in the park either. It, it kicks some ass, man, but it's it's nowhere near the X in terms of performance, but you know, a, a game that had open world elements that I thought was impressive for rendering at 4K and kind of not being a ton of load times. I think Gears blows it out of the water in terms of being able to... Yeah, you're able to tell when it comes from cutscene to then actual gameplay. But sure. the, it's in terms of the actual getting from place to place while playing, it's almost non-existent in terms of the load times. When you first... I had... The only issues I had really with it... It did crash once, but that was when I was starting the game up, and it was, like, right after I installed a patch or something like that. Like, I think it might have just been a weird thing with the startup on my system, but um, I did have some load time issues right when it launched, like, that launch weekend before they really update put out the update to kind of, uh, you know, stabilize it a little bit. But I had longer load times when I first booted up the game in 4K60. Um but that's been fixed since then. I haven't had any issues with it. Uh, so the main, you know, the mainstream user who's coming in getting this on, you know, release date a week ago today. Yeah, it's they shouldn't have any issues with that. But outside of that, that was the only load time. Once I got into the game, there were no load times. It, it's really impressive what they've been able to kind of hide behind, uh, pull behind the curtain while you're out, you know, moving around. So and kind of looking into. Um, uh, kind of moving into gameplay and talking about the environments, man. I really, really dig the the expansive the expansive environments that this game had. It it kind of made it breathed fresh air into. Not that Gears was ever. I don't, I don't want to say it was stale because I liked I liked Gears Four a lot in terms of the package it ended up putting out there. Uh, I it, it really had a ton of content by the end of the day with it. Um, maybe at launch it was pretty stale, but by the end of it. it it definitely, I, I definitely dug Gears 4, especially the story it told. I, I like the story. But what I really liked about Gears 5, man, it really opened up. It didn't become, it almost was like God of War, where okay. God of War is still very much a linear game. Um, does it have open world elements to it? Yeah, but it's, it's more, how do I want to put it? It's almost like three-dimensional linear, where it's, it's more wide. You're getting more space. It's still, you're still much, you know, there's still a main, the main quest line is the quest line, but there are right. Like in gears five. Now there are some side quests and more. It's, it's more forcing you to explore the area, but it's not, it makes me want to interact with the area. It's not pushing me like, and I'm one of those people. I love getting the collectibles. Like I love achievements. I love trophies. I love things like that. Sure. Um, yeah. So I like checking off boxes, but you know, I never felt forced to do that in this game because I would, you know, get in the skiff. The The skiff feels really good, too, the way that you get around these large areas that are like, uh, kind of like the wind sail thing that they have. It's really, it actually feels really good. It's almost like the feeling of 
getting in the warthog and driving. It feels really natural. Um, sure. But it'd make me be like, oh, I see, you know, there's a, uh, a down cargo plane over there. Like, I just want to check it out. Like, I, it, it naturally pushed me there. It, but it wasn't to... It wasn't to the extent of, like, if I was playing one of the newer Assassin's Creed games that are huge open worlds, or Breath of the Wild, even, where it's like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Almost like the Skyrim effect, where I can see that all the way over there, and I can go to it, and that's cool and all, but I'll get there eventually. I'm doing this and that, and that, where Gears, it's it makes me feel like I'm in a bigger area, but it's still pretty condensed. It's almost like Hyrule, uh, the Hyrule field in Ocarina of Time. Like, okay. it feels big. Like, you feel like, at that point, it, with technology and stuff, too, but it hid so many things around it and made you feel like you're in this wide, expansive world, and it made you want to go explore little nooks and crannies that are in there, but it's actually pretty small. But that's what's nice about this is you're able to get around with the skiff and whatnot. It feels, it feels very, very, very deep without actually being that deep. So it's... it's, it's I don't want to make it sound negative. The more I talk about it, it kind of sounds, it's a positive to me. It, it doesn't waste your time is what I, I guess what I'm trying to say, um, which a lot of open worlds do. And I, I'm glad they didn't, they only dip their toe in the open world scene with it, which I hope they move, do moving into the inevitable gear six when they come out with it, that I don't, I, I think there is a place still for these linear experiences that gears is usually known for, but mm-hmm. now with them having these open world elements, man, I really, really like it. I like the the toe in the water. Like, it never has to be just open world. Like, that's what I think I liked about God of War most of all because it didn't waste my time. That it wouldn't take me twenty hours to get just across the map and back, or to you know, I didn't want to just fast travel everywhere. I wanted to explore this world, but I didn't want to waste time in it at times just walking. Um, but uh, kind of moving in along. Uh, gunplay, man. I, I, I'm sure you'll talk about this moving into it. To me, oh, yeah. to me, I actually really like the changes they made with gunplay. Um, I loved learning kind of the different bullet sprays that you would get. Um, with how certain guns kicked and whatnot. Um, really remind me of you know competitive esports games like CS:GO and Siege and stuff. Like I like that, especially CS:GO. That's notorious for you have to learn how guns spray. You need to learn how bullets actually fly out of the gun and what their trajectory is normally for each gun um to me i like that i it was fun to learn and then it was fun to actually naturally say okay i have the lancer and i know it kind of kicks almost like the ak in um csgo it kind of kicks up into the right a little bit for me so i need to kind of aim down and left and naturally i just started doing that and it felt really satisfying when i was starting to pull off you know kind of almost one taps with my burst fire on my Lancer. Um, really fun. I like the gunplay a lot. Um, the big thing in terms of my negatives that I take away when it comes to gameplay, um, which I want to talk about Jack in a little bit, and Jack's not really included in this, the robot. Yeah. Um, the AI is... The enemy AI is actually pretty good. It's it, The difficulty scaling can be a lot at times. There's times where I was like, I'd get into a firefight and it'd be like, you know, I'm kind of running out of ammo and then another nest spawns and they're just all up my ass. And it's like, okay, like I can see where this is getting frustrated, but at the same time I need to conserve ammo better or whatnot. But the big thing with the AI that bugs me is the CPU, like your teammates AI, because you always have, no matter what in this game, 
at minimum you're having one at least one uh computer like teammate with you at all times like whenever you're because the majority of the time you're playing as kate so like you're you're always going to have dell with you for the most part that's not a spoiler that's been all in every marketing material they put out that's what they've emphasized on so you're always having him there with you and you're relying on him at times especially like i play on i didn't play on uh like insane or anything but i played on the second to highest difficulty because i like the challenge of it a little bit i like the firefights i think that's one of the most compelling things about gears um but the ai would always and i don't know if this really would then be a, a testament to some of the you know combat area level designs um but i always found like anytime i get downed my teammate would just kind of like circle me a couple of times and then try to get me up and it's like dude i'm bleeding out like come on <laughs> like like the, especially be frustrating in times because then it's not on me at that point like yeah i got down but that's why the ai is there to just come over and get me up especially when i'm in like a 20 minute firefight and i have actually like six other guys with me like when te whenever the whole group is like back together and that's not a spoiler but i, I mean that in like uh everybody's regrouped at points in the game so like you know so then like i have jd i have dell i have uh Foz, i have like a ton of like teammates that are there with me that nobody's picking me up like okay come on like let's go <laughs> like right like i'm bleeding out i don't want to waste another 15 minutes with it so that part would get frustrating um but the one thing i do want to say though about the ai the one good computer ai that i had on in terms of like companion ai is jack and jack i thought was a really cool implementation in this game um because it added especially two in two folds i guess i should say one being i like the rpg light elements that it added because with jack it added a skill tree to gears where once again it goes into that it's not defining itself oh we're open world now oh we're doing this like here's your skill tree for dell and kate and everybody like it's no it's jack's the only skill tree you're building up and it's all it's all like abilities and things like that that you want to get because they're useful and not only are they useful for you in if you're playing co-op like i did with my fiance she doesn't she doesn't play shooters she plays video games but she doesn't play shooters so it, she doesn't really get the whole dual stick like it, it's kind of off to her but she's able to play as jack and jack's really awesome because all you do is assisting people you can't necessarily kill people a ton like you're not built that way but you can stun enemies you can heal enemies you can you're playing support at all times that's which, really cool actually which is great for people who are and like she's playing on beginner so it's like you know it's it's great and it says a lot too to the enemy ai too how i was saying like difficulty scaling can be you know tricky at times but that's also on a higher skill level i'm playing at but it's great to us because i can go in at you know intermediate or whatever the next thing was um and she can go in a beginner and she's playing jack that the game scales to her perfectly and it's seamless so like jack i think is an awesome addition to this game one from a single player perspective where i'm wanting to go and find components which are your skill points you know littered throughout the whole game actually want to go and find these and add them to jack and actually make him but it's not overbearing where i'm doing it for each character that's in the game but yeah and, and it's not like and with jack too it's you're actually the player too, like my fiance, she's not great at playing shooters or whatever because she doesn't play them and she doesn't really get them. Where 
she's still having fun because it's impactful what she's doing where like in mario odyssey you're playing as cappy and like yeah you can kind of do some things but it's more cumbersome than anything where jack's like you're playing support your role is meaningful even though you're not killing people all the time you're doing a meaningful role and it's improve you're still having fun while doing it and you're seeing results from doing that so right um you know it's really great and I, I really give big thumbs up to that. Uh, lastly, moving into the narrative, uh, obviously, like I said, no spoilers. Go and play this game. We'll eventually do a spoiler cast, I'm hoping, uh, once kind of our team wraps up playthroughs and whatnot. Um, but a uh, couple couple notes just kind of going off it. Uh, I really appreciate how the game starts with previously on Gears, knowing that there's going to be a ton of new people coming into this game in playing this franchise for the first time because of the Xbox Game Pass. Um, I think that really helps. And granted, I've also just recently replayed Gears 4 because um, it's a short campaign. You can kind of get in and get out in easily a weekend um, if you have a couple hours, you know, two hours a day or whatever if you're playing. But it, it's still awesome that it sets up the story perfectly and it, ke- it kind of keeps going and it feeds into my, you know, likes with... I like how games are becoming, especially first-person games, are becoming more cinematic. Um, that it really kind of sets up almost the, you know, uh, syndicated TV aspect of, oh, this is, you know, previ- you know previously on Dragon Ball Z. It kind of sets the stage for you going into it knowing that, hey, this is what happened. And because of all these new players coming in, it definitely helps do that. Um, so I, I was a big fan of that. Um, easily, from a narrative perspective, it's easily the most cinematic gears to date. Um, it's especially right from the get go, you're doing stuff that is large scale, but at the same time, it kind of plays in the gameplay as well, where you still have your roots of gears there. It's never, you never feel like you're not playing a gears of war game. You're always playing a gears game. It has new flavors to it, but it still feels like a gears of war game, which is what I want. I don't want to play. If I want to play uncharted or if I want to play God of war, cool. I'll start up my PlayStation four and I'll play those, but I want to play gears of war. I'm all for trying new things with it, especially Mm -hmm. if it's stuff that's not completely changing the game where at all points, I still felt like I was playing a Gears of War game. Um, In terms of the narrative itself, I want to say this is probably the strongest to date in terms of the depth of it. Um, Gears has always been, you know, some, I know Mike, you've also, I think have said this before that Gears never really had the deepest stories, but it always was impactful. Um, like the narrative that was told and the things that happened in yeah absolutely you know, yeah gears games especially you know gears 3 2 and the gears 2 reveal with uh maria like it it's always it was always impactful things that did happen where but at the same time you're always just oh we're in and out just killing locust and that's it where kind of starting with gears 4 and really bleeding into gears 5 and having that come to more of a fruition this gears i feel like has the deepest story to date where there's depth there's meaningful things and that starts with not only the characters but the dialogue that they're doing they had excellent performances by laura bailey as kate um she's been absolutely stunning and perfect as that character um and then also too like new characters like Foz, who's in there uh raul coley he's on iZombie on the cw he's been in a handful of games he's excellent man he does a perfect job with Foz. i think that's one that that's going to be a gears character that hangs out for a long time but um the only thing other that i could really say about the narrative without going into spoilers like i said maybe it's just me being and mike you're a movie guy as well you know 
I st- I'm just trained at this point because I love story and I love narrative so much and I love being told stories that I pick up a co- on context clues pretty easily and details. Like I'm, lo- mm-hmm. I guess I'm looking for those things. And this also may be me being just too hyped for this game because I've been so. This is one of my most anticipated games of the year uh, in the past year, really. Um, that some of the big things that did happen that are being, you know, pushed in the marketing material, like finding out the the story behind Kate and her connection with the Locust and whatnot that they've been touting in, you know, promotional materials. When you find out what happens, it's like, okay, I figured that, you know, type of thing. And not that it was bad. Like, I thought it, it, still great stuff. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't think it was as impactful. But... There are some really shocking events that do transpire in like more of the climatic, you know, moments of the game and the ending, like moving towards the ending and the climax of the story that are like really shocking. That I was like, oh fuck! Like when it yeah. happened, I was like, oh my god! Like really, they're gonna do that? Or really, yeah. I have the option to do that? Like it's wild, man! Like I, I'm really excited to talk about you know when we do an eventual spoiler cast or when you roll credits on the game. I'm really excited to see what happens with what, you know, transpires in your playthrough. Because there are things that you can manipulate through that are going to have an effect on Gear 6. Like, and I think that's a really unique thing to move forward where it's almost kind of like where you saw it more in like the PS2 era where you'd finish a game and if you still have the same memory card in, decisions you've made could be transferred over into the next game. And you don't really see that anymore because of there's no need for memory cards and stuff like that anymore. But, um, and I just don't see it implemented as much, but it's really cool to see, you know, I'm really excited. Let's put it this way. I'm really excited for gear six and the narrative they set up because I really don't know what's going to happen or where they can go with it. Um, the only thing I can say, last thing I'll really say about the narrative and then, you know, we'll move into the, uh, multiplayer and, but I, I use Halo two as a comparison for this, the ending just kind of it isn't as it wraps up like you're not like oh i don't know what's happening next in terms of like halo 2's hard ending where it was just like i'm going to finish the fight and boom that's it where this it's it's like that at like a quarter where it like does resolve a lot of stuff but i was like okay cool i'm ready for the next mission oh that's it okay like like i'm like oh okay well yeah they could end it there yeah i was hoping for a little bit more but you know hey that's good i know gear six is coming man and it's gonna be great so it's not as you know near as the level of halo 2's hard stop ending but it's still like i was hoping for maybe a little bit more but that also might go into hey i was really hyped up for this leading into it maybe i was a little overhyped but it that still doesn't take away anything that, you know, the narrative director and the creative director, Rod Ferguson had done for this game. I thought it was an excellent title from, if I had to put, you know, overall, just overall with the campaign from a campaign perspective and a single player perspective, this is just such an excellent step forward for this franchise in terms of evolving it. And, you know, not just being another, you know, cover shooter that is such a, it's such a, common thing to find in gaming cover shooters this really kind of was one of the grandfathers of cover shooters that right they're just so there's just so right there and you know easily accessible this now once again separates the pack this puts gears of war 
Gears of War is now a front runner for this is an actual evolution of this series, not just a series, but maybe even the genre itself, the subsect of this shooting, you know, this subsect of shooter. Um, but at the end of the day, it still stays true to its roots. It's really polished overall for me. I, I faced, you know, and I was playing right in that launch window of where people were experiencing me. I didn't experience a ton of bugs. I, there were a few like, Oh, I just have to circle back around from the, you know, the, the notification to hit X to open a door didn't pop up. Let me back up and move for, Oh, there it is. Like that's just going to happen with stuff, especially right at launch, you know, but it patches all in outside of that. Nothing ruined my experience from that. So for me, man, from a single player's perspective, this is, you know, the first time, like I said, we're really seeing, getting to see the shades of Microsoft's commitment to exclusives and first party content that is being built with the next generation of Project Scarlet and beyond, and especially incorporating how integral Game Pass is going to be to this. This to me, like if I had to put a number, I usually don't like to put numbers on stuff because I don't want that to define a game's experience. To me, though, if I would put a number on, I'm giving this like single player. I'm I'm at least in a nine, man. Like I okay. I, I love this game. Nine. I'm, I'm so right. it because it gives you. It's not just. I always enjoy being able to manipulate a story, and you are able to manipulate this story, and also to the fact that it's expanding while also staying true to its roots. Like I said, I always felt like I was playing a Gears of War game. I never okay. felt like I was playing, you know, a a fable or you know something else where it's expansive like i'm i'm yeah it has open world elements but it's more just expanded linearity so uh, if that makes any sense i know that's kind of contradicting itself but it, it it's true it's 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 expansive linearity that you're still it's still very a to b focused but along the way there's subsects you're able to there's a lot more things to do than yeah, just there's depth gears power war, through the story right? gears of war has depth now and i think that's the one thing that always did lack a little bit with their it was always their their gunplay was always excellent but outside of that like the story was pretty good it had deep moments but overall the narrative was never deep this now has subsects to its narrative this actually feels like the vibes i'm getting from halo infinite that we're seeing so much more than just you know master chief shoot bad guy no we're seeing that that <laughs> franchise evolve especially in the discover hope trailer that we saw at e3 where we're seeing the guy on the spaceship and you know we're learning this guy's a backstory and he has depth and chief has more than just you know i'm going to end this fight you know it's there's more to it and you know i i this if we're looking if this is a glimpse into the future it really helps me solidify my view on man, Microsoft is in a good place right now. I mean, for setting themselves up for the future. They may they may have in, in any more console wars or nothing anymore, if you ask me. I think that's bullshit. Um, every, gamers are gamers no matter what. Play whatever you want on whatever. It, everyone should be propping each other up in terms of making gaming just for everybody. Um, right. And to me, though, I want to see everyone succeed. And with Microsoft lacking, man this generation this really sets them if this is a glimpse into what we could see they're offering from xbox game studios man we're we may be in for a treat next gen man by like five years from now we may look back on a catalog of some seriously fucking good stuff yeah that would be amazing right so that's that's my view like like i said i don't like to put numbers on things but if i did if you twisted my armor like fucking give me a number god damn it like, <laughs> 
Like, I, I don't think it's exaggerating saying, like, this gets, like, a 9. Like, we're looking, like, in, at amazing quality here. Like, this is such a quality product that they put out that's been lacking with Xbox in terms of their first-party exclusives. Like, this isn't a Crackdown 3. This is not a... <laughs> no, granted, Forza, Forza, or Forza is really great. Don't get me wrong. Right. But we're talking you know, we're talking tentpole franchises. This is this is some quality shit, man. Like this is excellent. So but I've talked enough, man. Tell me about multiplayer. Dig into multiplayer. I want to hear about it, man. So my honest to goodness review of Gears of War five multiplayer. So the so basically you had your two options. You could go and play like social games, mm-hmm. which had a lot of different like it had Everything that ranked had plus maybe one or two more, but let's be honest, knowing me, I dove right into ranked. So <laughs> right from level one, you can play in ranked, which is interesting because in Gears 4, you had to be level 20 before you could play ranked. But in this mm-hmm. game, you can play right from level one. Well, and not to cut you off, but they probably were also thinking too, there's probably a lot of returning players. Of, yeah. You know, like Gears 1 through 3, like Epic Games Gears of War players that are coming back into the series that now that xbox is starting to gain a little attraction again and especially being on pc that's bringing a lot of that crowd back into it like you were saying before so it it kind of i kind of see where it's coming from and i'm sure you do but at the same time i do agree it is kind of like maybe there should be at least be like a a level five barrier maybe like play a couple games casual first (laughs) yeah i mean that that would make sense sorry to cut you off go ahead no that's okay (laughs) maybe they'll put that cap on later but uh, it started out with king of the hill Escalation, TDM, uh, which is Team Deathmatch, and Guardian as your game type options for ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, they put in Execution. So there's six different game modes that you can play uh, in the ranked playlist. The concerning thing for me is the difficulty of how hard it is to like rank up and ranked. So basically, you play your five placement matches and you get placed in a tier. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I got like silver two or something, which is what it feels like everyone else got. Mm-hmm. And then it's silver two. You can only play for top percentages of the tier. Mm-hmm. You're locked into that tier for like a week. And then the certain top percentage of that tier will move up, I think is what they're going towards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just concerning because you can put a lot of playtime into the game and don't really see a return as far as leveling up or ranking up mm-hmm. so it's concerning to me in a in a way that there's a lot less reasons for me to get back on and continue playing other than is the game fun so as far as like the challenge point of like ranking up it's really concerning to me because there's really no reason to continue to grind uh, at this point in time without just getting to a top tier in your um or like getting to it because it like separates by like top 99 percent. it'll go like 98 97 96 95 and it'll rank you in that so it's like i'm like top 15 in my king of the hill and i'm like top 20 in my execution so i'm really high in my in my like silver two Mm -hmm. but i can't get out of silver two without putting a shit ton of time into it which is really concerning for me right now so So it almost feels like you're boxed in to an yeah like yeah it feels like you're basically boxed in which is concerning no, may, because that may be something you know granted we're talking about totally something different comparative to a single player experience like once that's out you're about done there may be some updates to for stabilization but like when we're talking camp or we're talking multiplayer man like i agree like that is kind of concerning because especially in today's landscape with multiplayer games you look at fortnite you look at siege you look at even you know, 
Halo 5 even, there's always shit that's being updated and new content and there's new things that are being refreshed and the balance is always being changed to adapt. Like, this seems like it's something that's got to be changed up here relatively soon. But And I kind of want to get your opinion too. You mentioned like, oh, there it's hard finding things to come back to, at least from outside of, hey, this game's fun. I want to keep playing. What right. Do you, what do you think about their quote-unquote battle pass that they have where it's there's these X challenges, you get these rewards from it, and you have to get certain, you know, ranks or whatever. Not not necessarily the, um, like you were saying, your competitive rank, but there's like uh, like account ranks almost, it seems like. Like similar yeah. to a battle pass on Fortnite or whatever. So for me, it's like, I didn't even really look into the battle pass if we're being 100% honest about it. Mm-hmm. I pretty much just like, I was just basically like, playing the game and i didn't really look into any of the um i didn't look into any of the um add-ons or things you could purchase or whatever i pretty much just play the game and whatever i unlocked i unlocked i'm not one who's going to spend money on the game in that sense basically Mm um so if if i'm being honest with you i didn't really look that much into the battle pass because i was basically just playing ranked exclusively and whatever i unlocked i unlocked but i it it was fun enough that, and it felt good enough that I could just load into the games over and over again and didn't really pay attention to the other things. Mm-hmm. So that that's good in my opinion. But like I said, as far as bringing a player like me back who's competitive and just wants to rank up, like I wanted to get that 50 so bad in Halo. Mm-hmm. I want to get as high as I possibly can in every game I play that has ranked. That's a little concerning to me, and we'll see if they make any tweaks with uh, feedback because the game is only like two weeks old right and they have so, and, and what and what we're talking about is the tour of duty battle pass they're doing this basically in three month waves of like what they're calling operations similar to like like siege does with their quote-unquote operations um you'll see like they'll put new characters out uh new modes new maps things like that where they will keep it like updated every you know, between, like, right now, the window is the launch operation, which is from September to December, and you can get, there's, like, winter armor you can get, desert armor, um, some, like, different skins for the Nasher, and different execution things that you can get, but it's all, it seems like it's all, like you're saying, it's, it's new for, right now, Gears is only two weeks old, so we're only seeing this such a small, such a small, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for, like, like bite-sized outlook we're seeing i guess i can't think of the word that i'm thinking of but like we're only having a small section that we can like go off of that it's hard to tell what like they're promising all this content that's coming out which i believe them because by the end of gears 4's lifespan they had tons and tons and tons of shit that you could do in that game so i i feel confident in that but i do agree that like what you're saying right now it's hard to look at it and say well you know is it is this game fun yeah but what else can I do in there? I'm kind of gridlocked right now. Yeah, I'm basically stuck in a situation where, like, I'm playing just to rank higher in my in my placement or in my in my uh, in my rank or my tier. Like, that's a little strange, right? But um, other than outside of that, some of the other notes I had like building onto this is uh, they didn't. So they added execution. Mm-hmm. And you can check leaderboards, which are pretty cool because it's kind of like a harking back to the old school Gears 1 mm-hmm. and back to the old Xbox, like original Xbox games, like games like Counter-Strike on there, Rainbow Six Three. Like you had 
uh, leaderboards that had different rankings for different things. Mm-hmm. They have that back in Gears 5. Um, so you can see who has the most kills per set. Like, they have kills per minute on King of the Hill and a couple other of the game types. They have points per minute. They have wins. They have... Um, uh, they have some other rankings like in the leaderboards, which are really cool to see how you stand up and stack up against the rest of your friends list. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, is with the addition of execution, they didn't add execution in the leaderboard se- section yet. Mm-hmm. It's a little strange. It feels like they kind of just threw execution in. Um, I have here that the placement matches are really rough. Um, the team balancing remains an issue. Uh, it was a situation where like when the game wasn't out yet and I had ultimate, so I got to play the game early. I understood that the balancing was tough because the player pool was probably a lot smaller, but now that there's such a big player pool, um, a lot of times I feel you're being matched up against opponents that have multiple players in a party, Mm -hmm. uh, which causes it to be a lot more difficult to win because they're communicating and working together. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of concerning that they don't do a better job of, matching them up against other parties that have multiple players engaged if if you're a solo match like solo solo player feels like you should be playing with other solo players mm-hmm. um that's a little bit of a concern to me we'll see what adjustments they make there um if you're highly ranked like you'll get fresh noobs on your team a lot because there's no rank requirement to get into ranked so there's a lot of times where I'm playing like with level 9 or below and they're at the bottom of the scoreboard and just getting murked the entire time mm-hmm. so it's really frustrating as a solo player to get these lower ranked players on your team let me let me ask you this cuz i you're kind of feeding into a topical question that i did have and i i, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit but i want to i want you to kind of dig in on this so like Gears has such, it has a small but like very very loyal fan and player base for its competitive. Like Gears Esports, it isn't as it isn't the go to thing you think of when you hear your esports, but the community it does have is very loyal and very like hardcore. Um, now that Gears does have this kind of, we're seeing this boom with Gears right now, having three million players come in and play this fucking game. And how you're saying that's such a low barrier to entry on ranked. Do you think like having a title with esports roots like Gears Five on Game Pass is good for the overall esports presentation of this game? Like, sure, it improves the player count, which is great because you'll be able to find matches and all these different things. But do you think that's possibly going to dilute the experience and also kind of the talent pool of the esports competitive area that the coalition opens up? Like, does do you think this just might? dilute the whole experience of playing an actual competitive ranked experience making it so low i i can't really early to tell i think that basically i think that there's still a ton of like there's so much to be determined yet with this game and i don't think that the low barrier to enter ranked will Mm -hmm. cause that large of a negative experience for most players Mm -hmm. i think it's a situation where as far as diluting the, to the talent pool or anything, I don't think that's going to be a situation because they they announced the first Gears Open in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, like if you're going to go out to San Diego, uh, you're going to be a good player. So I don't think it's going to dilute the player pool. It might cause more like talented players to come out of nowhere and get engaged in the game. Mm-hmm. So that might be a good a, a nice positive thing is a Hell situation yeah. where more talent might come out of nowhere type deal to like show itself. Um, my biggest situation or my biggest opinion or my biggest problem with the gears competitive scene, like you said, the no barrier to entry is definitely 
like a concerning situation because it's kind of hurting the experience of players who are solo playing mm-hmm. and it might give them a bad taste and make them not want to come back. But overall, I think that the fact that it's on game pass, getting this game more exposure, it might make it to where these players have way more, um, like way more experience with this game. And it might make them interested in actually watching the esports. So I think the only thing it can do for a game like gears is grow the scene. And Which it might not be a ton. It might not be a wildfire. But let's say you're going into King of the Hill and you're playing ranked King of the Hill. And then you get a pop-up that says, hey, the gear's open in San Diego is going on right now. Tune in to mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And players might think, well, I want to go watch this because I want to see if I have the chops that it, that's able to play. You know what right. I mean? It's almost similar so, to what like CSGO does with any of its majors, any of its tournaments or different events that they do have going on. Like ELS, when you pop open CSGO... It's right there. Hey, we're live right now. Come and watch. Yep. You know, do your picks or whatever, you know, but even just come and check it out. You're already playing the game. Like, come right in and check it out. Right. I agree. And basically, yeah, it's just like, like you said, it's, if they do it correctly, uh, I think it's, I think it's very good for the game, obviously. I think that they're going to see, you know, quite a nice little growth, at least in viewership for sure. Mm-hmm. As far as like who's actually watching the game, I think you're going to see a really nice spike right there. Yeah. Um, you might see more talent getting involved and more talent might figure out, hey, I'm actually good at this. I should play it. Um, so that's some something that you might run into, which is really cool um, mm-hmm. as far as a game. And it makes me hopeful for Halo uh, Infinite going forward. Oh, definitely. So I have here doubt like we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So we're getting into the actual gameplay now, not just like the overarching multiplayer experience, which by the way, this isn't including horde because I don't have any friends on gears that I would want to play horde with. Mm-hmm. And this isn't including the escape hive um, situation. So the shooting, um, you said that the bloom and the recoil you like, I said the shooting feels decent. Um, Bloom and the Lancer and the recoil and other automatic weapons is new to the series. So this is like brand new. Like Mm -hmm. back in Gears 3, Gears 2, Gears 1, there was no Bloom with the Lancer. You had a little reticule and you would just pull the trigger and it would shoot. And And it hit. And it hit. Um, My verdict on it is meh. I don't really care one way or the other. It's cool. It's new. It feels different. It doesn't really bother me so much. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it adds a little bit of like a, a skill gap to it maybe, mm-hmm. but for me, like this random bloom, like I'm sure there's a, a, a rhyme to it, but if it's just random, it's hurting the game because it's adding randomness to the game. But mm-hmm. by and large, I don't have anything to say bad against it, but I'm, I'm not loving it. Okay. Um, it feels more realistic in terms of like shooting a gun, but it feels less like gears. So meh, like win, lose. I think it just like on a scale, it kind of balances. Okay. Um, I have here that shotgunning makes more sense than previous games. Uh, the ranges are more defined and it's more consistent of like what you're actually going to shoot someone to down them. Mm-hmm. However, I find myself getting 96 damage in one shot in close range very often where the other person will one shot me. Um, I, I have here listed though, that it might be a, a, a situation with me personally aiming. Like I might be missing personally, whereas oh. the other person's shooting better. So I might be aiming at the ground a little bit too much where people are aiming a little higher and getting that hundred percent damage in one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the sniping feels really solid. Uh, yes, there's a problem right now with, uh, xbox.com 
loading Gears 5 clips, but I have a few clips that are so nasty <laughs> in, with a sniper. The torque bow feels just like the torque bow. It feels amazing. Mm -hmm. The boom shot is really weak right now, unfortunately. It feels like you have to shoot people pretty much point blank, or you have to hit them with a direct shot to kill them. I even felt previous... that way in campaign, too. I yeah, mean, granted, I like... that's much much different experience, but I yeah. even felt that. I'm like, man, the boom shot feels like I should be tearing people a little bit more. Yeah, and it, it just doesn't really do much for me in the way of, like, I feel like it's kind of poor as a gun, and it feels like it should be a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. um, I have the the uh, Marksman rifle is fun. I forget what exactly the name of it, but basically if you three-shot someone and the third shot's in the head in multiplayer, you'll get a headshot and get an instant kill, which mm -hmm. rewards skill. I really love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, the grenade oh, the, launcher. Um, are you talking the bolt talk? No, not the Bulltalk. Uh, oh, okay. That's that's pretty standard, just like from older Gears games. Yeah. Talking about like, is it like the, it's like the Mark Markma Four something or other. Um, uh, oh my God, why can't I think of it? Marksta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, uh, is it the? Yeah, it's the. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. The, the um. It's almost like a single bolt LMG. Right? Yeah, it's the Marksta MK1 yeah. marksman rifle, yep. and it, it packs a punch. And if you oh, hit yeah, people with three shots and the third one's in the head, it's an instant kill in versus, which rewards skill. Mm -hmm. um, the only situation or the only problem I have with all the guns is it seems like you're a little light on ammo. Mm -hmm. So I meh, um, okay, but it seems like I'm always foraging for ammo. Um, the grenade launcher Lancer is very useful in multiplayer for a couple different reasons. Um, obviously, you can get a multitude of kills in King of the Hill. Um, and it feels really balanced because it does take a little bit for it to actually hit because it shoots out, makes a really loud noise, and then it drops the rain of, of like explosives, which allows the player being targeted to kind of dodge it. Mm -hmm. So it does feel really balanced. It takes a skilled player to use it. Um, the Bull Talk... It's pretty much status quo from older games. Pretty solid. Not not a lot of issues there. Um, the the railgun type gun that comes from Gears Four. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tough to use, but I feel like if you practice with it, uh, it's gonna be very good. Um, the ripsaw thing is really annoying and shitty. I don't oh, like it yeah, because yeah. it like bounces off of walls and can kill people even though you're like not even aiming at them. So that's a little bit of a mad to me. Mm -hmm. Um, the other the missile launcher thing pisses me off. Um, but outside of that, like the Troika and everything, like, or the Mulcher, like that's all, that's all well and dandy. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I have that the move. I, okay. So like, we're going to bust into the movement next and my thoughts on the movement. Mm -hmm. Um, it can feel a little strange at times. Sometimes jumping in diagon diagonal directions can cause issues. Um, like sometimes if I'm trying to jump up into the right, I'll like either go straight to the right or straight forward, which is kind of weird. Um, the wall bouncing feels very good. So competitive players know what wall bouncing is. You can like wall cancel. So as you're sliding up to a wall, like I play on tournament where left bumper is my A button basically. Mm. And when I'm sliding up to a wall, if you hold it, if you tap down, like, so say you're sliding to a wall that's a, like straight ahead of you. If you hold in down, your guy will stop. And that's kind of how wall bouncing is done. Like you can wall bounce off of different walls to avoid damage. Oh, um, okay. It feels very good in this game. And, the only concern I have is sometimes it feels like I should latch on and slide onto a wall, but I might be just out of distance. Um, and I think that's just playing the game more and getting used to it. 
Um, I have overall, um, like most complaints come from the lack of the balance of teams. The maps in general promote more passive gameplay. So I'm not a huge fan of most of the maps in this Gears. I feel like it kind of promotes like the sitting back and lancering each other gameplay, which is a little different because in previous Gears, um, you would just like gnash or rush at each other. And this is even an ex execution where you have to be like right next to someone or get a headshot to kill them. Um, like if you down someone, you have to rush them and kill them in, in execution. And it feels like there's a lot more Lancer play, mm -hmm. which is just different. It's not a, a bad thing or a good thing. I just feel like it's different. Um, the spawn points suck really bad for King of the Hill. Um, they need to add more spawn points and make them better. Mm -hmm. um, it can be very hard to prevent enemy teams from spawning behind you when you're near a hill, a hill. You almost need like a teammate to be like standing right there to block it. And even sometimes they'll still spawn there. So that's a little wonky for me. Um, I know it sounds like I had a really negative review of multiplayer mm -hmm. however personally this is just an analytical deep dive into the ranked multiplayer and the multiplayer in general mm -hmm. so just because it feels like i was bashing the game overall if i had a number to give and you're giving one out of ten um i'd give this game honestly like with the shooting and everything i give it uh an eight or i'll give it a I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. And the reason why it gets a 7.5 out of 10 for multiplayer is I have an issue with the lack of gore. Like, it's rated M, but it feels like they kind of cheaped out on the gore aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. um, it just feels kind of campy and weird to me. Um, and all the other pain points that I have listed gives it a 7.5, 7, like 7.5. 7, 7, 7, with some decent updates on balancing the boom shot out, making the ranked experience overall better. Yeah. This like that, like all of those pain points damage it so much for me. Like it could easily be a nine if those situations were ironed out. Yeah. But for me, until it's ironed out, it's a seven five. So I still think the game's very good. And like just to give you the the listener, because this is a little bit new giving games numbers for us on this podcast, mm -hmm. I would give games like Halo 2 out of the box, if you remember it with the six beatdowns, I would have given that game like a 6-5 or a 7. Halo 3 out of the box, like without the MLG update, like playing on the mm -hmm. five-shot, slow-ass movement, all the regens and bubble shields and bullshit, mm -hmm. I would have given that game like a 7. So yeah. this game, like Halo 4 out of the box, felt like one of the most polished games in the Halo franchise. I would have given Halo 4 out of the box an 8. But they, but like over time, I would have lowered that score because they just didn't do anything to it. Right. Yeah. So for me, my 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 score can, is a dynamic score, and it can change. Mm -hmm. But like right now, I give it a seven five, which is still trending better than a lot of the other Halo games that got better with updates. Yeah. So it's still a very good game, and seven five might sound low to you, but like there's not a whole lot of games that I give out of the box like nines, nine and a halfs, like. Mm -hmm it's very tough for me to give games that high of a of a ranking and that's just because i'm critical yeah. and i want games to be really good i'm a tough critic and i want games to be really good so i give it a seven five and there's my justification for the rating basically no no absolutely and and i know you said you didn't really touch on you know you didn't play horde or escape i did play right. those a little bit and just coming also from gears four playing horde a lot um, in terms of the multiplayer, I did play from that, but playing Gears 5, Horde, and Escape, 
they are both great. They're but there are they're two very distinctly different experiences. Like Horde, you just so you know you're gonna invest an hour playing it. Like type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that people should know going into it. Where Escape, it's quick, man. It is like you're doing rounds really quick and you're doing games really quick. It's it's fast paced. But both of those they're fun experiences. You can jump in solo, but you really in terms of being actually wanting to stick around with them long term they're like any type of horde experience or firefight experience like you want to have a group going into it like it's it's better with four player like four player co-op with it um right so but they're all pretty standard like horde is horde like they did a few things to you know that do improve it but for the most part at least in my experience gears 4 horde and gears 5 horde are pretty similar so um, at least from what I've played of both, they're pretty similar experiences. Uh, Escape isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but I think it's a good base for what they can, you know, do long term with it. Like you're saying, it's a good base. It's what they have isn't bad. They just need to tweak it a little bit. And yeah, that, and and that's what's I think a lot of people don't realize or think about whenever they're giving you know scores on multiplayer games. They're games as a service at this point. All multiplayer games, for the most part, are games as a service because they want people or the devs want you playing their game. The publisher wants you playing that game. That's what they want you to, the game that you keep coming back to, comparative to a Destiny, comparative to a Fortnite. Like, so Gears, they already have, and they've been very upfront with, hey, here's our roadmap. You're getting content, you're getting new modes, you're getting new characters, you're getting new things. We're going to be balancing this game left and right. Like, so. I, from what they've told me and what they've done in the past by the end of Gears 4's lifespan in terms of the zeitgeist that it's in, I feel confident that they will address the things that you brought up. I, I, I don't see it not being addressed, um, especially with the money and the financial backing that Microsoft's putting into their first parties and saying, no, we're we're not dropping the ball this time. You know, fool me once type of deal. So, yeah, um, I, 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 I'm glad that you were able to bring in this because I, I, I like, that's why I'm glad we ended up doing this review kind of split like this, um, mm-hmm. because you're able to give such a better, a better analysis than most on actual esports and competitive, you know, experiences, because that's what these games at the core are. They're competitive games. They're not like from a multiplayer perspective at the heart of gears, at the heart of halo, they're they are competitive experiences, not cooperative experiences. I mean, it's nice to have those cooperative experiences like Horde and Escape, but at the end of the day, they are, you go to Gears time after time, at least, you know, through the longevity of the franchise, you're playing Team Deathmatch. You're playing, and Horde is the secondary mode that you're playing. So I'm glad you were able to kind of bring that in. I I totally, you know, from what you say is justifiable to me. Um, I, I love the detail that you were able to provide, man. I really do. So, um, before we, I could have, I could have went into more, but yeah, for time's sakes and everybody's sake, I would just kind of, Hey, no, no. And this is, it's a game that I guarantee we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not done with gears five. It's, it has a place on, and we'll get into this obviously with cash to pass an asset, but like, I'm going to keep playing this game. 
we're obviously giving this good, you know, a good review. Uh, yeah, like, as soon as we're done with this, I'll probably hop on it, like, as soon as we're done. Yeah. I'll probably just get on, you know like, what I mean? Because like, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of an experience on really both sides of the ball, if you want to say so. Um, before we kind of head into, you know, wrap it up with our cash at Passive Asset, uh, normally this is where, whenever we do game-specific episodes, normally this is where we do our GameCast Casino, but... With Adam being absent this week, we will go back to the well on what we've done on our Minecraft episode, which is Who Said What? Um, if you are not familiar with this segment, as we've only done it once in the past, which Mike wasn't on that episode, so it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Adam, we decided to do this little game that I came up with. Um, so it's a segment where I'm going to read a quote, and my co-host has to simply tell me which one of our subjects said it. So, <laughs> so it, it, and there's some... You think it's like, oh, whenever I tell you what it is, like, oh, I know, definitely think it's going to be this one or that one. I got Adam a few times. Like, I'll give him credit. Like, I try to get things that are pretty similar. So this week, keeping with the Gears theme, we're going to say who said what between Marcus Phoenix or Dom Toretto, a.k.a. Vin Diesel's character in Fast and Furious. Think about that one, huh? So <laughs> so let's start. <laughs> yeah, let's let's start it off here. All right. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a statement from one of these characters, and I just simply want you to tell me, is it Marcus or is it Dom? All right? Okay. And, and, and like I said, we can't really do GameCast Casino this week because of Adam not being here and our leaderboard, you know, going into effect with that. So uh, this is more of a just a little, it may help you sleep at night knowing that, you know, you know your shit type of deal. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, and you're a Fast and Furious guy. I know you've watched them, so. Um, I haven't watched them all. I've watched the first few. But you know Dom. <laughs> so let's get into it, man. All right. First statement here. Nothing sadder than locking a beast in a cage. Did Marcus say that or did Dom say that? And Dom Toretto, Fast and Furious, not Dom from Gears of War. <laughs> what was it again? Nothing sadder than locking a beast in a cage. Uh, I've never heard Marcus Phoenix say it. Uh, I'll, I'll have to go with that's a Dom Toretto quote. Cause I, I don't remember hearing Marcus ever say it unless he said it in gears four, which he might've, mm -hmm. but, uh, that might've been from Dom, like from like gear, uh, from like fast and furious five, which I like haven't seen or whatever. I'm going to go Dom Toretto. Final answer. Nothing sadder than locking a beast in a cage is a quote from. Dom Toretto, right on the money, Woo! man. That's good reasoning. I, I I like that reasoning you were able to give. Um, I had kind of had to walk you through what I was thinking. No, hey, by all means, I'm I'm all for that. So, all right, let's uh let's move into the next one here. If you can't stand the heat, stay out of my face. Was that Marcus or was that Dom? If you can't stand the heat, stay out of, stay my, out face. of my face. I'm going Dom Toretto again, final answer. I've never heard Marcus say that. Final answer. Are you yes. Sure? All right. If you can't stand the heat, stay out of my face is a quote from Marcus Phoenix. Oh, God damn it. Hey, hey, that's all right. That's all right. You're still on the board. That's all right. You're still batting 500. That's that'll it. win. That'll easily put you in the Hall of Fame. So, dude, <laughs> if you if you bat 500 in the MLB, you're <laughs> the best player that ever lived. Basically, hands down. So yes. we'll take it. Absolutely. So, all right, moving on to the third statement here. This next statement. I think you're batshit crazy. That's what I think. 
Is that Dom or is that Marcus? That's Dom Toretto. Final answer. Final answer. Final answer. Oh, God. They both could have said. No, it was. Uh, I think you're batshit crazy. That's what I think. It was uh, from Gears of War 1. Uh, it's from it's Marcus Phoenix. It's from Gears of War One. I forget exactly what mission it was. It w- he was talking to um, he was talking to one of the like the people who were like living out in the world. So yeah, it's 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 uh, Marcus Phoenix. Final answer. Yes. I think you're batshit crazy. That's what I think. Is a statement by Marcus Phoenix. Good reasoning. Good reasoning. Yep. I like that. I like that deduction there. So that's good, man. So you're two and one right now. Let's head on into the fourth one here. Next statement says, you break her heart, I'll break your neck. Was this Marcus? Uh, that, that's Dom. from Dom Toretto from uh, Fast and the Furious 1. Whenever um, they're working in the garage and they're working on building Brian's 10-second car to repay Dom. And he says that, uh, or Dom asked Brian if he was taking her, or where he was taking his sister out. And he says, if you break her heart, I'll break your neck. It was Dom Toretto, final answer. I'm not even going to read that one. That was perfect. You Right on the head. <laughs> that one was kind of hard. That was one of my last ones that I was like, uh, I got to find one more at least here. So, um, but no, that's right. Dom did say that. Vin Diesel did spout that out, man. So you're three and one right now. So heading into the final one here. All right. Final one. Statement is. Aw, shit, they're ruining my tomatoes. Was this Dom or was this Marcus? <laughs> dude, dude, this is a trick question. It's uh, Dom Santiago. It's from Gears 3. When they have their little gardens up on the deck of that one ship, all the fucking lambent, like, uh, all the lambent locusts are, like, running through his fucking garden. And he gets all fired up, and that's the quote he says. I don't think it was either of them. Is that your final answer? I think it's Dom Santiago, final answer, which is, like, neither of them. Aw, shit, they're ruining my tomatoes. It's a quote by... Marcus Phoenix. (laughs) So, (laughs) to be honest, to be honest, I'll give you a half point on that one. I'll give you a half point, because this is in gears four he says it you actually have to like he says it real quiet he says it real quietly but if you shoot like the tomato plants whenever they're going into the when the uh swarm are first coming after um like uh jd and dell and kate when they go to find marcus at the estate they go into the barn and that's whenever like they start dropping into the barn or into the greenhouse i mean and he like says it real quietly at first. He's like, "Oh shit, they're ruining my tomatoes!" But then he's growing obviously all those tomatoes for Dom uh, Santiago. Because then you, if you shoot like, I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to put the uh, the clip into the description of the episode. But if you shoot the one tomato plant uh, that's in there, he goes on this big long fucking rant. He's like, "Those are goddamn Dom's tomatoes. Why the fuck are you doing that?" Blah blah blah. It's so fucking funny. But yes, he does actually say that. They and they are for. Dom's memory so I'll give you a half point on that one okay okay because I'm like like I'm nine like I'm 100% sure Dom gets pissed about it um no he does he does in gears in gears three when the lament like store yeah 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 Yeah, and that's a callback to that why he's growing those tomatoes but it's it's a pretty funny easter egg that I was like because then I was thinking I was like well he always does uh Dom Toretto always talks about this goddamn like He's always talking about the family meal at the end, and, like, I I was like, maybe that'll play into it. I don't know. But there you go. 
that's been Who Said What, a segment that we do bring back time to time. It looks like we're going to end up doing here and there, but um, a little little change up from the GameCast Casino. Uh, but that, I think, I, me personally, I don't think we'll ever replace GameCast Casino. It's it's like life or death with this podcast anymore, especially with my co-host. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I had I had a fun time with it. No, that's good. That's good. Adam seemed to like it as well whenever we did play it. Uh, we did... We did, um, uh, what's his name? The creator of Minecraft. I can't remember his name, uh, off the top of my head. Oh, Notch. Notch, that's or it. Whatever, it was Notch. It was, who said what? Notch or a superhero slash villain monologue? And it's actually pretty close, like, in terms of some of the statements. It stumped Adam, surprisingly, and he knows a decent bit about that game, so. Um, but yeah, let's move into our final segment, put a bow on the podcast for the week. Cash it, pass it, ass it. Um, I know this is a little redundant doing this, even though we just gave a, you know, we just gave our review of the game. Obviously, we gave it a pretty glowing review, uh, especially my end with the single player. And, you know, Mike gave it a very favorable um, score comparatively. Let me say a seven, a seven five to me is so good. Right. That's what I mean. Take it, take it as you will. Glowing isn't a stretch from your perspective, I think. So, um, yeah, so... If we're talking cash and passive asset, we're really looking at it. Should you invest in this game or not? I really think if we're going to, you know, to alter it with a review. From my perspective, man, if you're an Xbox fan and you're looking to get back into Xbox, this is a no-brainer at bare minimum passive. I mean, you can get in you can get in to pass it from for $2 right now. And you get the ultimate edition, you get a you get a boost for, you know, your leveling or whatnot. You get all these other things, like, with its skins. You get the Halo Reach skins, which are fucking dope. You get the Sarah Connor skin from Terminator, which is kind of cool if you're a Terminator person. But the Halo Reach skins are awesome, if you ask me. Um, which definitely means we're also going to see either JD, Dell, Kate, or Marcus in fucking Halo Infinite at some point in some kind of skin. So, um, which is exciting. But to me, man... I would personally cash this game because I think this is such a good indicator where we're trending with Xbox game studios. Um, Like I said, if we're peeping into the future with Xbox and its first parties and whatnot, and this is a glimpse at that, I'm really excited for what the future holds. To me, this is like a a nine out of 10 game. I would cash this. I, I think like you were saying, there are some things with multiplayer that, you know, aren't worrisome but are things that need to be addressed for longevity but from a content perspective with them doing away with a premium pass and doing this battle pass and offering you know you'll be able to actually use real money to buy skins and whatnot but only cosmetic things really for the most part with a battle pass that they have that's free and with you having content that's dropping every in three month cycles guaranteed in three month cycles with the operations to me, for $60, you're coming in at this. If not, you know, just from cashing and owning the game outright, this is, to me, this is kind of a no-brainer buy. If you're on Xbox or PC, um, or you're looking to get into the Xbox zeitgeist, if you're an Xbox owner of any sort, buy this game. Um, this definitely deserves a place on your hard drive. Mike, what do you think, man? <sighs> Damn. Um... Dude, I gotta be honest, it's tough to get me to, like, move away from passing anything because the the value's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, so until, like, for me being a multiplayer type guy, until they work out some of the kinks, it's a pass for okay. me. Um, I which is a very value. good thing. Which is a very good thing right now with Xbox Game Pass and the deals they have. It's like $2 it's a for two months for it's, Ultimate. It's an it's absolute no-brainer just to pass this right now. Yeah, for me, it's a pass 100% all the way. Gotta pass it because um you know it's just that's where yeah uh, that's where the value is so i would say pass it 100 percent. but if they were to work out some kinks it's a cash for me uh multiplayer wise like that's just multiplayer yeah that's not even considering the whole shebang so if you're someone who really wants to play campaign and everything mm-hmm. by all means cash it but for me right now i've just been playing multiplayer it's a pass yeah i mean and from somebody who is a mostly you know if it's on console for the most part outside of halo i still play halo you know, multiplayer, if I'm playing Halo, that's what I play on console, but mostly for console, I'm playing single-player experiences. If I want to play shooters, I played on my PC, but from somebody who is looking at this as mostly a single-player experience, I can't say enough good things about that single-player experience this offers. So, yeah, at bare minimum, this is a pass. You, if you have an Xbox, you need to play this game, personally. I think this is a no-brainer, so... Um, Overall, man, I think I think we did. We gave a lot of good points, both positive, and negative for what this game. Hopefully, we give you a great perspective on you know if you're approaching this game, either, whether a newcomer or a long-term Gears fan or somebody who's lapsed who's trying to get back into the franchise. You know, I hope we can give you you know this kind of paints a picture for this. Uh, it's kind of a deep dive on this. You know, we're you know running a little long in the tooth, but I, I'd rather do that for you know a game like this with the scale that it has and the triple A impact that it has on the gaming industry in general so um with that being said let's put a bow on our mic mike where can people find you online they can find me online at toy soldier the second o is an x that's at t-o-y-s-x-l-d-i-e-r and on xbox live at ll toy soldier ll and on twitch at mp underscore toy soldier Definitely, definitely. You can find Adam at AC underscore Marshy. That's AC underscore M-A-R-S-H-Y on Twitter. Uh, That's where he wants to talk to you about, like he always says, game recommendations, gaming topics, any of your thoughts on games, uh, reach out to him on Twitter to check that out. And as always, I am your host, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelus, on most internet platforms, including Twitter, at Travelus underscore T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S underscore uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Travelist underscore, same as Twitter, and also on Xbox Live, just regular Travelist, T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S, no underscore. Oh, Travis. wait. Wait a second. I have a little bit of information to share with everybody, including you. The it. Blue Yeti blackout microphone that's normally $150 is $89.99 right Ooh, now at Best Buy. of the day. It includes a free copy of Fallout 76. Hey, that's uh, Fallout 76 getting a big update here soon that adds NPCs and makes it a fucking actual Fallout game. So, so basically, the mic is 89. So the mic is 150 normally by itself. It includes Fallout 76, which is a $60 value. The whole bundle is only 89.99 right now. So if you're looking for a microphone, if you want to get into the streaming world, if you want to do anything like that. You need to jump on that deal right now because yesterday I checked it and it was $99.99. So what I'm guessing is, is they're making a huge push to get players on Fallout 76 or they're just trying to get rid of the fucking microphone. So pick it up. And it's a good mic. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I'm, I'm going to get it because it's an upgrade from what I have. 
hell yeah. And that's a deal I can't pass up. Yeah, that that might be a purchase for me as well. That's a really good that's a really good deal. But yeah, deal of the day. We'll I'll make sure to put a link to that in the description of this video. Hopefully it's it's still live whenever you know this episode goes live. Uh, and you can make sure you get up on that deal. We'll also push that on social media as well. So look for that tweet because uh, that is a hell of a deal. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, that's going to put a bow on it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for liking. But thank you so much in general for just being a part of this growing community. As always, game on and we will see you next week.